0: Hello everyone, I am Steph Bodrini and this podcast is for everyone who wants to learn commercial real estate from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you my daily journey in getting into real estate while being mentored by someone who has been doing retail real estate investing for the last 20 plus years so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and get to success a lot faster. This podcast is also for people who are focused on retail investing, although the lessons we'll be learning can be applied to all kinds of real estate investments. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you're here to learn. With that, in the last episode, you learned the very basics of what a cap rate is, as well as the very basics of what to look for when you receive an email alert from LoopNet saying that a new property is on the market. Today we're going to be learning the questions that I ask when I call the seller's real estate agent after I take a look at the LoopNet property and find that this could be a potential property for myself. And all these questions I'm sharing with you are not necessarily questions you need to ask every single time, but it's a very good idea to cover at least most of them when you call the seller's real estate agent. When you call the real estate agent, the first thing you want to do is to make sure to introduce yourself and explain that you are a real estate investor. Then you jump into asking the following questions. Number one question how long has the property been in the market? And the reason you're asking this is you want to understand if it's been in the market for a while and if it has, has there been any offers on the property and why didn't it go through? So you really want to understand why are people not buying this property and again, if there were any offers in it, what happened? This way you can determine if The problem from the previous seller is going to be a problem for you, and you're going to decide if you want to deal with that or not. Next question, what is the potential you see for this property from an investor's perspective? Or what is the upside on this property from an investor's perspective? And the reason you're asking this is to see what is in it for you, for example. When I call properties in California, sometimes they have a very low cap rate. So I really want to understand what is the reasoning behind this incredibly low cap rate and why should an investor buy this property? A lot of times the real estate agent cannot answer this question and they say, "Mm, what do you mean? Or they sometimes get offended with a question and say, Well, you're buying in a great location. Well, that doesn't really matter to me if I'm not going to be making money (laughs) on the property, especially when the market is incredibly hot. You don't want to get yourself in trouble paying a very large price for a property that is already charging a huge amount of rent and you're not going to get much upside when the leases are over and you cannot really charge a whole lot more after. So you really need to be careful here and you really want to understand if there is any meat on the bone on this property. And things you're going to be looking for are, well typically this property has been at a 95% occupancy rate, right now it's at 90 so you have another 5% that you can add to the property, or it can use a beautiful paint and remodel and that way you're going to be increasing the rent or they can say things such as it's in a great corner location and you can actually put a couple of billboards up and get some additional income that way so there is all kinds of answers you're going to be looking for here are you local and you're only going to ask them that if you don't think the real estate agent is local to the property. Can they talk about the area? Do they really understand what is going on in that area? Is there really an upside for that area of the city or town? And things like that. The next question is another very important question. How did you come up with the price? And here You're also going to get all kinds of answers. Sometimes people do get offended with this question as well. I don't know why. Maybe because it's super (laughs) expensive and they just really don't know what to say. And when a real estate agent cannot explain how they priced the property, to me, it means that values are incredibly high, unreasonably high, And they're just throwing a number out there and expecting someone who is probably a foreign investor who doesn't know much about the market to buy without asking a lot of questions. So we have to be very careful and understanding the clues that they give you when answering these questions. A good answer to this question, on the other hand, is we've taking a look at the other five properties that have recently sold in this area and that's the price that is going per square footage or we're basing this price on a cap rate of five percent all of which are legit answers as long as there has been some work that has been done in order for them to come up with the price a lot of times some real estate agents will go a little bit deeper and explain that oh properties here were listed for 170, we are actually listing this one for 150 per square foot and it is also a corner unit which is a whole lot better than the one that sold for 170 per square foot. The next question is who is the seller and how long has the seller owned the property? Here, you want to understand if they're just, quote unquote, flipping the property or if they've been in it for the long run or if they're going through a 1031 exchange. Now I'll explain what a 1031 exchange is at a later time, but what you need to know on a 1031 exchange, if they're going through it, it means that they have to sell the property relatively fast. And this could potentially give you some leverage in negotiating the price when you're putting the offer down. Other things that you want to look for, especially in during an economic downturn, is if there has been a death in the family and that's why they're selling, because the family has to pay, unfortunately, inheritance taxes. And these taxes are due really fast the government does not wait around so when we are in a down economy and they need to sell because some there has been a death in the family the owner of the property passed away there is definitely a huge room for negotiation and i have heard of properties that were listed during the downturn for an incredibly low price and they ended up being sold at half that price because the family had to sell. This is when you can get the deal of a lifetime that is going to set you up for life. Is there any known contamination in the property? And the reason you're asking this is because you really don't want to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars removing that contamination. Whether they know if there is contamination or not, you're going to have to end up doing what they call a phase one environmental report. And sometimes the seller does that when the property is incredibly expensive. They will take care of this environmental report beforehand. However, for the most part, you're the one who is going to have to order this environmental report, which is called a phase one report, and is going to tell you if there is any contamination on the ground or not. If there is contamination on the ground, it's going to cost you a lot of money to remove it and you probably don't want to be dealing with that. A couple of things for you to note there are, number one, if it's next to a gas station or if it's next to a dry cleaner, it is probably contaminated. However, if it's next to a big corporation such as Chevron or Texaco, they will take care of it. If it's a small mom and pop gas station, you really, <laughs> you're unlikely going to get a penny for them to decontaminate your property. Next question. Does any tenant has a right of first refusal, which is called the F-R-O-R or F R FROR? O R, And this means that when you're buying, for example, a center with a big tenant like walmart for example and a few other tenants in it walmart could potentially have on their lease a right of first refusal and that means that once you submit an offer to buy the property walmart is going to say yes i actually want to buy this property for the price that this person offered or no i don't want to buy this property for the price that this person offered What this implies to you and you really need to be careful is when you are submitting an offer for something like that, you're going to be spending a few thousand dollars writing the offer with your attorney. And of course, we're talking about more sophisticated investors when you're buying a smaller center or your very first investment. It's probably going to be smaller and you're probably not going to have to deal with this. But It's good to know, and it's good to always ask. Are there any easement agreements? Now, what is an easement agreement? It's when you want to let someone else use your property without giving up your ownership. This can happen, for example, when you have a farm and you want someone to be able to drive through your farm on a road to get to their farm. Or it can also happen when, for example, a strip center is divided into three parcels and the original owners sold each parcel separately. And now you all share the parking spaces and parking lot area. So you want to make sure that you understand if there is an easement agreement on the property where other people are able to use your property without having ownership, in it. It can also mean that the city could potentially have a road through your property and they are able to use it at their own will. And one of the consequences with that is that you're probably going to have to pay for the maintenance of that road while other people use your property. The next question is, please send me the rent roll. And sometimes here, they're going to ask you to sign an NDA, but for the most part, they're not going to ask you to sign an NDA. You just want to see what they're charging per square foot. When were the last few leases signed and at what price? Has the price of rent gone up or down? I recently came across a property for sale that looks very interesting to me. They were, I believe, around 80% full and they recently emailed me saying, oh, we just signed this new tenant that is bringing your cap rates to about 8.5%. However, they were leasing it for $1 per square foot when they were previously leasing it for 150 per square foot or more. Now, why are they lowering the rent per square foot? And why did they lock someone in at that low of a price? So you really need to take a deep look at this rent row and believe me, I have missed this many times and my dear mentor has had a lot of patience with me in bringing it to my attention. Look at the rent row. Look at what they charged before. Look at what they're charging right now. Look at all the leases that are going to expire in three years and there are quite a few of them. And in three years, we could very well be in a very bad economic downturn. Do you really want to have a vacant property when things are not doing that well? So you really need to take a very deep look into all of the leases. Sometimes you're going to have to ask if the building is historical, for example, San Francisco, or sometimes in downtown areas there are many historical buildings in all kinds of cities and the reason you need to know that is because you cannot tear it down you cannot do much on that property and a lot of times you cannot change the usage on the property either so you really want to make sure you know if it's historical or not and another question that Um, I have to ask, especially in San Francisco, for example, is do you have any estimates to retrofit the building if it hasn't been retrofitted yet? After a couple of earthquakes happened in San Francisco, the city made it mandatory for several buildings to be retrofitted. So when the next earthquake happens, the risk of the building collapsing decreases. What does retrofitting mean? It means that you have to reinforce the first story of the building because it's substantially weaker and more flexible than the stories above it. It is very weak because there are not a lot of walls or frames on the first floor, so... What you have to do when you need to retrofit a building is you have to hire a structural engineer or an architect that specializes in retrofitting, plus you need to obviously spend the money (laughs) to retrofit the building, which could be anywhere from 60 to 130K and can take a while to get finished. Not only that, the city of San Francisco will charge you a percentage of your construction costs as a fee when you apply to get the permit to retrofit your building. And one more thing, (laughs) if you have a multifamily property in San Francisco and your tenants lose their parking spaces during the retrofit, you will have to take care of that yourself. I hope this has been very helpful to you. These questions have been my go-to question when I call a seller's real estate agent. And if you forget to ask a couple of questions, it's not a problem. You can just call them later or send them an email and ask the questions you forgot to ask. In the next episode, we will be talking about my first offer experience and what happened with that first deal. A full description of all of the questions that I have talked about will be on a link under the description of this podcast, and that will take you to the blog post with all the details of the questions you should be asking a seller's real estate agent. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to continue learning about commercial real estate investing And if you can please do me a favor and write a review on this podcast, that would be super wonderful because we're just getting started and that's apparently the only way that we're going to show up under searches when we have quite a few reviews. I hope you are finding value out of this. Feel free to reach out to me and ask me any questions.